Hey, what's up, everybody? It's Andy. And before we get started with today's episode, I wanted to let you know about RebateJet.com. What is RebateJet? Well, it's a piece of software that I created that will help Amazon sellers get their products noticed. You can launch with promo codes, rebates. Not only that, but you can list your product for free on the RebateJet third-party marketplace. You don't pay a single penny unless you make a sale. And when you do, it's only a $1 flat fee per product. Try it today, RebateJet.com. Welcome to the Seller Roundtable e-commerce coaching and business strategies with Andy Arnott and Amy Wees. Hey, what's up, everybody? This is Andy Arnott, and we are doing a Seller Roundtable Extra today. We're super excited to have Society Brand CEO Michael Serpella on. Michael, thank you so much for being here. Andy, thank you so much for having me. I'm excited to be here. Yeah. So what we always like to do is get started with a little backstory. We call it like street cred, right? So um, it share as much or as little as you'd like, uh, kind of your backstory. You know, if you want to go back to where you're born, you're raised, hard knocks, you know, anything that you want to share, uh, kind of where you, uh, the journey that got you to where you are today. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Would be happy to. So, so I am a uh, I'm a Northeast Ohio boy. I was born and raised in Canton, Ohio. So for any of you that are football fans, uh, the Pro Football Hall of Fame is, is right down the street from where I'm at currently. And, um, and yeah, this is where I was born and raised. Um, went to school um, out of state, but um, just a little bit of background on myself, it, it, a little bit more uh, of an unconventional, unconventional background. Um, as a young kid, I got diagnosed with ADD and... Um, and uh, was would like struggle with school, but there were certain things that I would really, really um, get excited about, um, be it sports or music or whatever it was at the time. And I'd be able to go zero to 60 very, very quickly. And, um, and there was like this obsessive component to where like, if I really commit to something, I commit super, super hard to that thing, whatever it is. Um, but with school growing up, it was, uh, it was a real struggle for me. So, um, so kind of what I always imagined was um, if you get good grades in school, then you're going to do well in business. Um, I found out later in life that that's actually not always the case. Obviously, there's a lot of people that get great grades in school and they crush it in business. Um, and after I got out of college, I ended up um, uh, becoming an entrepreneur right away and built a few multi-million dollar wholesale agencies. I started developing confidence in myself uh, in my early 20s. And um, by my mid-20s, I had a wholesale agency where I had 40 direct reports and um, you know, a couple million dollar year business. I then scaled uh, a population health management company from zero to $150 million a year in sales within five years. And that was actually my last venture. So um, I think that all of us kind of have uh, times in their life where, um, you know, you feel either insecure about yourself or uh, go through difficulties or triumphs. Um, and at the end of the day, um, you're either committed to a certain path or you're not committed to a certain path. For me, it was an absolute must for uh, me to do great things in my life and, and make a meaningful uh, impact in the world. And, um, and I think that uh, at Society Brands, we're certainly uh, on the way of doing that. And uh, I've been able to do some really uh, cool things in my career so far. So, um, so I, I think that all of us kind of have some 
uh, our stories to tell. And um, there's all, all certainly been harder stories than mine. Um, but um, but uh, that's that's a little bit about myself. Awesome. I love it. Yeah. So, so, uh, you know, everybody always goes on and sees a lot of people talking about successes, right? You know, uh, you know, people like Gary Vee and stuff like that. The good news is, is more and more people are starting to share failures, right? And, and, and making people realize that failure is part of the journey, right? I mean, if you're, if you're not failing, you're not learning what's, you know, what's, you know, what's going to work, what's not going to work. Um, so yeah, I absolutely uh, love that. You know, th there's always a little bit of adversity in everyone's story. Um, I can't remember recently I was just reading, you know, it was like, everyone's going through a hard time, no matter what kind of shiny Instagram filter they're putting on their, on their profile. They're, they're always, you know, there, there's something they're dealing with right now. I see a bunch of kids photos in the background. You know, I've got three of my own. That's, you know, I, I call each one of those my side businesses, right? I mean, each one of those has, it takes as much energy um, as, as a brand in, in my opinion. So, um, yeah, I mean, it's, everyone's going through, uh, some type of struggle. So I love, I love that you share that, that you're open about that, uh, because you know, there's so many other people going through that kind of stuff. So I would love to know, um, why you decided to start society brands and kind of how you came up with that idea. Yeah. So, so it was at the end of 2020 when, uh, I've, I've kind of always grew up in retail. I came from a retail family. So, uh, for really as long as I could remember, I worked, in my family's retail businesses and kind of continued on from there. And uh, at the end of 2020, I saw that our brick and mortar retail shops uh, were shut down and, you know, just various uh, retail shops were shut down. And I asked myself a simple question, is there going to be more or less product sold online 10 years from now than what there is today? And I think the answer that I came up with was a smart one. I think that there's definitely going to be more products bought on e-commerce 10 years from now than what there is today. So I saw these other aggregators that I felt were doing an incredible service uh, to the Amazon seller community and direct consumer and just generally commerce. And I, 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 thought, uh, I thought it was interesting, um, but I thought, how could we do it differently? Because there's a lot of aggregators out there that um, if the founder wants to sell their business and then walk away, then there's a lot of great uh, aggregators out there. But in that case, society brands would actually not be a good fit for those entrepreneurs. But as we kind of looked at it, where we felt that there was a gap in the marketplace is for all the sellers out there that aren't necessarily ready to walk away from their business yet, uh, that are emotionally tied to their brand and, and really want to see it continue to keep on growing. They don't want to go and sit on a beach somewhere. And if you think of the typical e-commerce entrepreneur, you're not going to think of somebody that's generally, um, you know, ready to retire anytime soon, right? Um, after they sell their business, they're not going to sit on a beach for 40 years. So with society brands, what we're doing is we're kind of combining two different methodologies. One is an Amazon FBA mastermind. So you see all these incredible masterminds out there. And, and also what you're doing, Andy, just incredible way for sellers to connect and to be able to learn from each other. And there's that culture, that community, but you also have uh, relationships that really last for a lifetime. So we're kind of combining that mastermind feel. But then also the second thing that we're combining is we are an aggregator. So we oftentimes say if, uh, if an FBA mastermind and an aggregator were to have a baby, it would equal society brands because we're building a culture, a community, an ecosystem uh, of uh or a society of entrepreneurs that stay on, on board with their brand post-acquisition. And, but we are very much offering liquidity um, and, and uh, we're acquiring 100% of the business. 
I think what's unique about us is the fact that we don't only offer cash at closing, we also offer equity in the society brands Topco. So I think that that is a really, really expensive deal term for us, but it's a lucrative deal term for the seller because we are an earlier stage aggregator. We raised a little bit north of $200 million, but this is the direction that we're going. And we're going to build this to a multi-billion dollar company over the next several years and we'll likely have some sort of IPO or liquidity event um, within the next several years as well. So what we decided to do was offer sellers cash, but also roll over equity and society brands. So as we grow, they can enjoy a second exit. So we had this strategy um, and we started talking to sellers about it. I first had to get a team in place. I'm really fortunate with an incredible, incredible team. Uh, Sean Doherty is our chief operating officer. Uh, she was the founder of a tech company by the name of Mofi. And Mofi um, is essentially a battery pack for your phone. So you'd be charging your phone while you're walking through the airport or through the mall. And uh, she sold over a billion dollars of products on e-commerce uh, through her Mofi business. But she also sold in 130 different countries and 30,000 different retail doors. So it's not just about Amazon or even Shopify. It's also really an omni-channel presence. So um, I got connected with Sean uh, through actually my uncle. My uncle introduced me to Sean and, and Johnny uh, is on our board and also a co-founder in the business as well. And, uh, and Sean basically came on board as our COO. We have several other team members as well. My brother, Justin, is our president. Um, he has uh, incredible M&A expertise. He did a roll-up in the PEO or payroll processing space, um, acquired several different companies and, and, um, and about 26 transactions within two and a half years. So he ended up coming on board as our company president on the CEO. And then we have several, several other incredible, incredible team members. So we, we kind of gathered our team together and we really said, what are the, if, it, if being an aggregator is a puzzle, what are those pieces of the puzzle that you need to essentially fill? Supply chain, logistics, operations, uh, marketing. We acquired a brand management agency, OmniX. That was our very first acquisition, was essentially acquiring an agency. The reason why we did that is because we want to have the human capital in place. So post-acquisition, we can scale these uh, brands that we're acquiring. We built out the team, and then we started talking to sellers about our model. And uh, it was overwhelming last year um, how many sellers um, uh, really resonated with our model. And, um, and that's what we did first and got some interest there. And then we ended up raising our capital second. So it was actually backwards in comparison to maybe how other aggregators do it. Yeah, I love that. And, and I feel like your model's a little backwards too, in a good way though. So almost like a reverse incubator, right? It's kind of like, <laughs> that's kind of how I'm seeing it is it's like this collective that uh, that that's the business is already built, but then you're bringing in them into this little kind of group, and then all growing together, um, and then also giving a a um, an incentive in terms of retaining ownership. My wife's a uh, real estate agent uh, for a company called EXP, and and they've got a really cool model where you know every time my wife sells a house, she gets uh, stock at a discounted rate. So there's there's buy in there, right? So it's it's kind of that that similar type of model where. You know, a lot of people, when they build their brands, like, you, you know, like you were saying, they're connected to it. That's their baby. You know, they have a really hard time giving that up. And it's it's pretty awesome that that they're able to watch their business grow, but also, you know, still have some skin in the game. 
Yeah, it's just a, I agree with you, Andy. Um, and just to kind of put that in real life scenario for a second, um, a friend of mine actually sold his insurance agency to a very similar roll up that Society Brands is doing, but they were doing in the financial services space. And they offered him a total deal value of $27 million. They paid him $20 million cash at close, $7 million was rollover equity into their parent company. Today, that $7 million is now worth $81 million. So if you look at the total deal value between the $20 million cash at close and the 80 million on the back end, collectively, it's $100 million. Never in a million years would this mid-sized to smaller insurance agency ever get a total value of $100 million, right? Um, but I thought that it was so unique and it created a win-win scenario that um, a lot of aggregators offer these earnouts or stability payments. And, and we're not against that uh, either. If, uh, if, if a seller wants that, we certainly can. But the most lucrative deal term that an aggregator can offer is equity into their parent company. And then also building a culture of community where we're going to have conferences with our sellers. We're going to have a lot of fun with our sellers too, um, because they're all staying on board for a certain period of time. It doesn't have to be forever. So, um, so anyway, it's a unique business model. Again, not going to be for everybody, but I, I know that it is right for a lot of sellers out there. So we're certainly excited to, to talk with those sellers. Awesome. So um, it sounds like uh, you're sort of in the mid tier of, of the aggregator space uh, where you're not, you know, you're not picking up people who are, are brand new. You're picking up proven business models uh, and proven brands, but you're not going for, for the super high dollar brands. Am I kind of on, on, on track there? Is as far as um, just general size of the brand we're looking right. For. In other words, what would be a target for your ideal acquisition? Yeah, so I would say on the low end, a million or two million dollars of revenue, um, and on the high end, at this point, I would say twenty to thirty million of revenue. We would look at so so a pretty pretty wide range. Um, over time, we could probably get bigger than that, but. But generally, that's the range uh, that that we uh, that makes the most sense for us to look at currently. Awesome, yeah. So there's a lot of companies kind of in this space right now. We've already seen some major shakeups. Kind of, uh, do you think, you know, the the business model, the training, kind of, what are some other things that really differentiate your 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 model, your brand, and why uh, you know a seller might want to uh, uh, to work with you guys? So, so one thing that I, I think that some aggregators have struggled with, um, and I don't know for sure, right? But like, I, I, I generally think that the, the moment that you have a brand that's been growing by 20% year over year, 30 or 40% year over year, and they're a $10 million revenue business or a million dollar revenue business or whatever it is, and they're growing at a, a good trend line. Um, the moment that you take that founder that has that tribal knowledge of their brand out of the equation, it creates some sort of instability inside the business. And to think that an aggregator like Society Brands could come in and do it better right off the bat than what that founder did, for us, we think that that is a risk that isn't necessarily worth taking for us personally. Maybe there's other aggregators that are doing great with that. But the, our, our thesis is let's have that founder stay on board Let's offer them the best deal term in the market of rollover equity. And let's, let's have them stay on board for a certain period of time 
And if we do that, they're generally going to continue that same trend line of whatever the business was going to. And then we could add our, our level of expertise um, on top of that, but not replacing it, um, at least right away anyway, um, for as long as the founder is wanting to stay on board. So, so I think that that is kind of the biggest thing. I mean, our brands that we've acquired so far are realizing really, really large growth numbers. But I think it comes down to two things. Um, one is the founder staying on board. Number two is, is our company is adding value over and above that. So, um, so I, I think that those are a few things that are, are, are really important um, to our model that separates us. Um, and uh, yeah, it's been working out great so far. Awesome. So yeah, I guess uh, to me, you know, uh, it's 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 genius in terms of there's so many intricacies, right? Every brand, every category of of product, especially on Amazon, where they're changing rules all the time, they're they're throwing up roadblocks all the time. Where if you haven't kind of dealt with that exact situation, um, it, it can be really really hard to kind of trudge through. And having that knowledge, where you know, oh, I've had this happen in the past, where the product needs the you know this specification or the bots are loose and they've taken down the product again because of this. I know exactly how to fix this. You know, I know you guys probably go through a lot of, of that kind of stuff with so many brands. Uh, but yeah, I think that's it, it, genius to, to kind of have that knowledge and bring it along with you. And like I said, have the skin in the game that, you know, if the, if the brand owner still feels that ownership, you know, you're going to get a better product and product, you know, no matter what, because you know, that it behooves them because you know, your success is their success. So I, I really like that. Um, uh, so I would love to hear, um, you know, some of the brands that you've uh, acquired. Uh, maybe if you could give a, give us kind of a brand story and, and how you grew the company, uh, you know, that would be, uh, I think, really useful and, and awesome to share with the audience. Yeah, yeah, great question. So we've we've acquired several brands so far. Um, we're acquiring um, several more this month, and um, it's going to be a busy year for us for sure. Um, but we're generally agnostic when it comes to category currently. Um, we've got one in the toy space uh, for ADD kids like myself. We have uh, essentially a chair that, that helps kids with, uh, uh, with paying attention and focusing in school. So that's really interesting. We have a kilt business. We have um, screen protectors for cell phones um, and in really several different categories. So, so we're generally agnostic um, when it comes to the, the category that we're currently looking at. And yeah, I mean, as far as like what our brands we've acquired um, are seeing so far is uh, about 83% year over year growth uh, since, since we've acquired the brands. So, so we're seeing um, some really, really good uh, results. And, um, and but yeah, our M&A team is busy. Um, we're looking at deals in comparison to, you know, maybe some other aggregators are sitting on the sidelines right now. The benefit with society brands launching today is, um, you know, COVID, um, we weren't buying brands, you know, in 2020 and, you know, just some, some difficulties associated with that. So, so we're, we're hungry to, to look at more and more deals and, 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 and we're, we're generally agnostic. I mean, anything over a million dollars a year revenue generally, um, we would uh, be willing to take a look at. And um, as long as you have healthy profit margins, I think it's something that a seller could do to make their business more attractive is make sure you have good margins and make sure your business is growing. Um, <laughs> I know that sounds overly simplistic, but you'd be surprised to see how many deals we see that are listed with brokers that are seeing an opposite trend. And 
Um, society brands anyway isn't really into turnaround investing where we're buying brands that are going backwards. We're liking to see brands that are, you know, scaling in the right direction. Awesome. So I would love to know kind of what is the path? So somebody approaches you, they say, hey, uh, this looks really interesting to me. Kind of take take me uh, down the, the, the journey on kind of the steps that you guys would go through in order to bring that brand online. Um, yes. So, so uh, step one for us is obviously completing the acquisition. Um, and then we have an onboarding process for that brand president. So um, well, we call them our brand presidents, but it's really the founder stepping in as the role of the brand president. And the cool thing for our founders is, is right now, a lot of small business owners work in their business in comparison to working on their business. Um, and we really um, elevate that founder to that president level where they're working on the business. They're working on the things that are the most important things for them to be working on. Um, because all the other stuff, like a lot of the other stuff anyway, we have teams that can help them with, with those items. So, so step one is bringing that founder on. Uh, we also like to do press releases for our founders that stay on board with us. We want the founders to feel like a rock star when they come on board with society brands. Um, and it's not going to be my face on, on the press release. It's going to be that founder's face on the press release. And if we could do a local press release in their local, um, their local area, we would love to do that. And we'd love to be able to honor the founder from that perspective. And, and we, we kind of take an approach of we serve our brand presence or we serve our founders. We're here to serve um, the, the founders and the brand presence of, of the company. So number one is bringing uh, that brand president on board or that founder on board. And then next is um, taking a look at the business on how they're doing on Amazon US. We are also open to direct consumer uh, brands as well. We're looking at some Shopify sellers currently. And um, how are they doing on their mainstream channels? What are the things that we could do to optimize? And what we like to see is if there's low-hanging fruit to where we can come in and add value right away, um, we'll do that on the main channels that they're currently on. So generally, if I'm talking about an Amazon seller, it's are, are they maximizing Amazon US? And um, most likely not, right? Because it's a big it's a big marketplace. So so um, so let's maximize there. We generally uh, go to um, low-hanging fruit uh, when it comes to Amazon and other countries. Uh, Canada and UK and, and others. Um, and then after that, it's are, are they getting sales on their direct consumer site? The benefit with us acquiring Amazon brands is normally they are selling 90% on Amazon. And it's oftentimes because they don't really have the expertise on direct consumer. So Sean, um, uh, through Mofi, she broke the Shopify platform <laughs> a few times on Black Fridays, um, and and she sold over a billion dollars on Shopify. So so we have a lot of direct consumer experience as well. So I would say that generally the next phase is uh, is uh, getting their Shopify store, their big commerce store, uh, up and running, optimize that to the best of our capabilities. And the last thing that I'd say is new product launches and product development. I think that um, what's unique with society brands is we very much have a strong product team in place. Um, we have a very, very strong uh, product development team in place where we're not just focused so much on the products that are already there, 
but new product development, we could really add a lot of value there too. I love that. So, so kind of, uh, you know, make sure that, that they're kind of going omni-channel there. Um, and I assume you probably look at uh, their ads, you know, maybe tune those a bunch, uh, product dev, and then probably uh, help in maximizing uh, sourcing costs, uh, logistics, all those kinds of things kind of across the board, correct? Yep. Yep. That's, that's absolutely correct. Yeah. We're, we have a, a technology stack that we essentially plug the brands into so we could optimize a lot of the things that are pretty manual lifts uh, for them currently. Awesome. So do you have kind of a target of, of the, the amount of brands that you're going to try to bring on this year? So probably 12 to 15 this year, um, you know, 12 to 15 next year, 12 to 15 the year after that. Um, we're not looking to acquire hundreds of brands in a really short period of time. And I'm sure there's other aggregators that that model can certainly work for. Um, we believe that we can get to really big numbers um, from a society brand's perspective over five years. And, you know, it's amazing what you could accomplish over five years. Um, and and uh, especially just doing 12 to 15 acquisitions per year. We feel like uh, that kind of helps us minimize the execution risk um, versus us trying to acquire a lot more than that per year. And um, at the end of the day, um, we still can get to big numbers. And the reason why we're a little bit more transparent about the numbers of us getting to is because the sellers are gonna be part of that. And uh, sellers that uh, get acquired by society brands today are getting in early. Therefore their rollover equity is at a lower valuation, right? And then um, over the next several years, when we're a multi-billion dollar company, um, they'll be able to enjoy a second exit that um, will likely be um, a lot bigger than what the first exit was for them. Love that. So, uh, and, and I like the fact that, you know, by kind of laser focusing on, you know, a smaller amount of brands that you guys get to be a little more choosy than to and, and really help the health of the company overall, which, you know, once again, behooves the founders, right? If you guys aren't healthy, they're not. So if you're growing, they are. So I like that. So, so being a little more picky in terms of, of who you're picking up. Um, and, and once again, you know, when you get the best of the best like that, uh, you know, because you guys are, are all the founders are, sounds like collaborating and kind of doing almost, like I said, a, a reverse incubator where you guys are kind of all working to, together to, to, uh, to up each other's game. Um, I think that that's a, a really, uh, awesome model. So one of the things we like to kind of do as we wrap up here is, you know, for me, uh, you know, I, I've been an entrepreneur almost my whole life had a lot of failures, had some pretty decent uh, hits, uh, nothing in the $150 million range there, Michael, you got me beat. But um, uh, one of the things that, especially in my 40s now that I've really started to realize, unfortunately, a little late is personal development is one of the most important things you can do, uh, not only for your company, but just for your life overall in general. So any, um, you know, any anything that you've come across that's really helped you in terms of your business, your personal life, kind of your personal development, uh, any books, podcasts, Kind of any media that you really uh, dug into and, and thought made a big impact in your life? So, wow, what a great question. Um, I would say that the most influential book that I've read is How to Win Friends and Influence People. Um, that was a book like early in my career. I just realized when it comes to negotiations and working with people, if you look at somebody else's perspective, um, and, and if you're looking out for them in addition to yourself, that you actually end up finding a way to create something that's mutually beneficial. And you end up getting the points that you want oftentimes. 
um, because you're also caring about why they want certain things, right? So that is such an important thing when it comes to raising a family, as you know, Andy, you know, influencing our kids to do the stuff that that, that uh, we want them to do, which is always difficult. But, um, you know, when it comes to marriage, relationships, having employees, right? Um, and, and, uh, and, you know, raising capital as we've done, um, you know, it's just looking at it from the other person's lens to essentially find, um, find, uh, find common ground. Um, as far as what I do on a regular basis, I um, am constantly um, listening to podcasts, um, much like this and, and, uh, um, YouTube videos. I, <laughs> I watch a lot of like, uh, leadership YouTube videos. And, um, another thing that I do, uh, personal development is I, you know, go to church and, um, I'm a Christian. I read the Bible and that's something that is personally for me anyway, something um, that's, uh, that's important for me as well. So. Love it. Yeah. One of, one of my new favorite YouTube, uh, channels is motivation hub. They just did a 2021 compilation and it's, you know, all the, all the, the, the big names in, in terms of personal development and, and, uh, you know, kind of upping your game. And, uh, I try to watch that like once a week, it's a two hour thing, you know, so I don't, I don't always get to watch the entire chunk uh, at the same time, but I'll kind of jump around and, and, uh, and, and really, uh, dive in. Cause I think it, there's so much there to not only keep your mindset, right. But, you know, keep your motivation up, keep your spirits up. Uh, you know, like you said, with, with three kids and navigating a business and, and a wife and, you know, all the other things we have an acre, uh, almost two acres here. So, you know, the other day I was out <laughs> mowing down the, 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 uh, yard that's, you know, past my head at this point. So it's fitting all those things in and, and being able to, to, to keep a, uh, you know, a steady flow and, and, a, and a good attitude. So uh, I love all that. Michael, thank you so much for being on really, really appreciate it. And uh, thank you so much to Society Brands for sponsoring this episode. We really appreciate that as well. And uh, we're going to have to have you back, Michael, and, and uh, kind of do a, a second part to this. So I'm excited to, to uh, see kind of where you guys are at in the, in the next few months here when we meet up again. Thank you so much for being on. Yeah, yeah. Thanks so much for having me, Andy. Looking forward to connecting soon. All right. Take care, guys. And as usual, if you haven't done so yet, please rate, review, subscribe, tell your friends about this podcast. We really appreciate it, guys. And we'll see you next time on the Seller Roundtable. Thanks for tuning in. Join us every Tuesday at 1 p.m. Pacific Standard Time for live Q&A and bonus content after the recording at SellerRoundtable.com. Sponsored by the ultimate software tool for Amazon sales and growth, SellerSEO.com and AmazingAtHome.com.